On this episode of Tech Transformation, we're talking about getting the right fit, the right recommendation, and yes, the right return process. We're talking with Nadia Bujarwa, CEO of DNCO, a digital retailer that views itself just as much of a tech company as it does a retailer. We're talking about AI, Gen Z, and virtual try-on technology, and we're getting details on Dia's TikTok strategy. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News, where we explore the innovative tech strategies and trends in retail and consumer goods. I'm Lisa Johnston, Senior Editor at CGT. In this episode, I'm talking with Nadia Bujarwa, CEO of DNCO, about how they're using data, analytics, and technology to be a pioneer in inclusive retail. Nadia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. DNCO is a digital retailer. Uh, and what's really interesting is that you not only pride yourself on being forward thinking with technology, uh, but you actually describe the company as being equal parts tech and fashion. Um, so I was wondering if you could start us out by explaining that, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, of course, but also kind of digging into why the company builds itself that way. So Dia is first and foremost, a company that's dedicated to inclusivity. Um, we came to this market because I've been a shopper in this space for a long time. And, you know, at the heart of who we are as a team is really a group of people with a very deep understanding for um, a very unique problem um, in the consumer space globally, but certainly in the U.S. So in the U.S., about seven in 10 women were the sizes that the industry classifies as plus sizes or extended sizes or inclusive sizes. There are many, you know, many different names for for it these days. Um, And yet the vast minority of retailers actually cater to these sizes. Um, so we estimate that about 20% of retail um, transactions happen in these sizes, which is really just an extraordinary um, comparison to 70% of the population actually wearing these sizes. And at the heart of who we are, Dia is really a group of people who want to understand how 70% of women can be transacting, you know, only 20% of, of the retail um, in the industry. And how do we get that to parity? Um, it's a very personal mission for a lot of us. I've been a shopper in this category almost all my life. Um, but it's also honestly just one of the more fascinating intellectual puzzles. Um, I think we've all ever worked on, um, and certainly kind of keeps us coming back to the problem solving table over and over. I think the approach that we've taken is really understanding, um, you know, what's possible from a technology perspective in terms of personalization, um, certainly in machine learning and, you know, other um, things that we bring to the table on that front, but also just understanding it from a very human level and the fashion side of it um, to really bring those things together. So we started um, as a styling curation business, um, really deeply, deeply oriented in personalization. um, And that flagship product continues to guide the level of personalization that we expect to have across all of our offerings. Today, um, the fastest growing part of Dia is um, a marketplace. So from a customer perspective, it is a more traditional e-commerce experience. And from a brand perspective, it's really giving all the brands that have, you know, kind of um, become more interested in inclusivity and launched inclusive offerings in the last several years, an opportunity to efficiently access um, this customer base and serve this community 
um, which at the end of the day is probably the greatest thing that we've built over the course of the last seven years is an extraordinary community of women. Um, and, you know, I think that that's really the, the journey that we're iterating on today. So I'm glad you brought up personalization and artificial intelligence. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, so you're serving a real consumer need, and you're doing it through two different business models. Can you just uh, talk a little bit about, you, you've briefly mentioned it already, but could you just talk a little bit about those two models and, and how they operate within the company? Yeah, absolutely. So they operate very symbiotically. Um, you know, we always put ourselves first and foremost in the shoes of the customer. Um, and from a customer's perspective, shopping trips, um, can begin for multiple reasons, right? Um, you know, probably the most common use case for a shopping trip is you have an event that you need to go to, you've, you know, worn out your jeans, you need a new pair of, you know, running pants, whatever it ends up being, it's really kind of an intent-based shopping experience. Um, and we find that, you know, that's probably... 80% um, of the use case for shopping for most women. Um, and that is really best served in a guided but self-directed experience, right? Where browsing is important, um, being able to have a lot of variety and choices is very important, being able to compare products is very important. Um, and that's really the use case that our marketplace solves for our customers. I think there's a much higher touch experience that's possible on the styling side of our business where really the use case is something different. It's not a matter of looking for a specific product. It is um, a little bit more open-ended in its objectives. Um, and it's often about really surprise and delight um, and wanting to be, um, you know, kind of pushed outside of your comfort zone, wanting to explore things that you may not choose yourself in a self-directed experience. We find these to be things like seasonal refreshes, starting a new job, um, postpartum moms. Um, oh, there's all kinds of moments in your life when you really feel like you need, you know, a little bit of a, of a refresh. Um, and our styling service really is that more hands-on um, client telling based experience where we can work very closely with customers to understand what their objectives are and make recommendations. So that's purely a recommendation driven business. The customer doesn't choose any of those products. Um, and, you know, it really is remarkable when you make a recommendation um, to a customer, how different what they end up purchasing may be from what they expect at the outset, um, which is really, you know, kind of the, the, the really special the goal, magic right? of, yeah, of that part of the business. Um, but, you know, these are, you know, as female shoppers, at least, we come in and out of these use cases frequently. And so for us, being able to serve her holistically means having the absolute best offering across both. You mentioned exploring, um, and it, it kind of touches on my next question. Um, I want to talk about uh, what you see as the future of sizing and try-on technology. I don't know if you saw Amazon. They just made some headlines recently. They introduced new try-on technology for shoes, uh, which was interesting. Um, but, you know, for your for your company and for your consumers, what do you, you know, where do you see the future? Yeah. So, I mean, try-on and fit is probably more important in a plus-size fashion context than it is in almost any other uh 
consumer business fit is non-trivial to get right in our category. Um, and it is the absolute top, most important thing for our consumers. So we spend a lot of time on fit. Um, and it's been really, really exciting to see the amount of innovation that's happened on the technology side of fit, um, and all the different approaches that, um, you know, technology companies are taking, retailers are taking, I think from our perspective, because fit is so important, we have always committed to and taken really a 360 degree view um, of what fit actually means for our customer. And that means everything from the consistency of the construction of a garment, which, you know, if it's our one of our brands, we, we produce a lot of, um, of what we sell. We take very seriously. We also work very closely with our partners to ensure that there's consistency across the garments that they're producing, um, the amount of information that we have on our customers and therefore the, our ability to recommend the right sizes for her. And then probably, you know, in some ways like the most analog of all, um, one thing that's a huge part of our fit technology is that we give her a fitting room experience with every purchase. Um, and even on, so on the, in you, the styling business, explain that. Yeah, kind of? I'll explain. Yeah. Um, in the styling business, everything is home try on because we're sending her things that she hasn't selected. And so she always has the opportunity to try them on before she has to decide what she wants to purchase. We translated that into our marketplace through a try before you buy feature on our site where customers can purchase up to seven items. Um, or I guess not purchase, but can send home up to seven items for try on prior to having to pay for them um, and really only decide what to keep once she has tried things on. You know, really, in some ways, if you think about it, the most advanced fit technology in the world is a fitting room because it always gets it right. And part of what we've tried to do is actually say, hey, if that's an important part of her getting it right and fit is so important for our customers, how do we actually bring that part of shopping in stores more seamlessly into our online experience? Um, and for us, try before you buy makes a lot of economic sense. We've gotten very, very good at return logistics and being able to process returns in, in a cost-effective way, in a way that ultimately we believe leads to the best customer experience. Um, but it really is the orchestration of all of those features that leads to the best shopping experience for her from a fit perspective. And I think it's very hard for any single technology to actually achieve the perfect fit consistently because there are so many dimensions of fit. And at the end of the day, if there's one thing that I can tell you for certain being in this market for, you know, the better part of a decade, fit is very much subjective right? There are, there's objective components of fit, but really fit is subjective. Um, and being able to really give the customer confidence around both the subjective and the objective dimensions of fit in any purchase, um, in our experience takes many features working, you know, in concert together, not any one, you know, silver bullet. It's more like an orchestration. It really is. And, um, you know, and then that's not true for all categories. I think in other categories, it may, you know, there, there may be easier ways of doing it, but certainly in our category, um, it's, it's our top priority. I love your point about the fitting room being the most, uh, you know, the most advanced technology it makes you, you wonder why, 
Why so many retailers get the lighting so wrong? In the oh, my room? God. It's so such a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's such a missed opportunity. Like that should be more of a priority. <laughs> Um, okay, so on the flip side of all of this, then how important is the role of returns to Dia? I, I, I know it's very important, but I guess if you could talk a little bit about, you know, how you prioritize the role of returns. We encourage returns. You know, we we have a returns driven business on the styling side. So the business that we built from day one was oriented around allowing customers to return with almost every order. Um, and so you know, even when we were much smaller and much earlier in our evolution as a business, we always ran our own fulfillment centers. We always did everything that we needed to be able to do to really optimize uh, and make cost efficient the process of return logistics from customers with almost every order. And that's turned out to be a huge advantage for us because the truth is that, you know, the return rates across apparel are exceptionally high. Um, and most retailers still treat returns as exceptions instead of as a norm. And we just firmly believe that they should be the norm. Um, and the net of it for us is that the customer experience is dramatically better. She spends more with us per order and she spends more with us over her lifetime when she can very easily and seamlessly return. Um, and so instead of trying to limit her returns in any way, we've, you know, through both Try Before You Buy and the entire styling business, have really encouraged her to buy much more than she thinks she actually needs um, and really take advantage of returns, um, which, you know, I think is really a, a very important part of how we build such long-term relationships with our customers. We talk a lot about personalization on tech transformation. It's one of those priorities that resonates for both consumer goods and retailers. Um but how do you, what does personalization mean to Dia and, and how do you keep it from becoming a buzzword? Um, so personalization means a few different things for us at Dia. On the styling side, truly every single experience is personalized. No two customers um, receive the same products or I suppose in large quantities, you know, some may, but only because it's truly what's, you know, right for each of them. We make all the recommendations for the customer in terms of what she ends up receiving in her packages. So it's truly a completely personalization driven business. Um, on the marketplace side, there's two dimensions of personalization that we think are, are very important. One is actually having the breadth and depth of supply on the marketplace that the things that she may want are actually available. And in the context of a plus size consumer, that's actually probably even more important than her being able to find it quickly because the fundamental experience of shopping in larger sizes is an experience of scarcity and never being able to actually find what you want and instead having to settle for what's available. Um, and so personalization on that side of the business really for us starts in selection and being able to say, you know, we are going to have the broadest and best selection of brands and styles so that whatever it is that you are looking for, you can actually find it without having to make compromises in your purchase. And then on top of that, we can put actually guiding her to that experience and to those products in the most efficient way possible. Um, but you know, I, I think it doesn't make um, it doesn't make as much sense for us to focus just on the kind of more traditional personalization on the site um, without in our context, really ensuring that 
there's enough variety for her on the site that once that personalization is applied, she actually finds uh, in a way that's often like remarkable for our customers being able to find, you know, so specifically what you're looking for, not just because the personalization works, but because we have it, um, I think is really kind of the, the two prong approach that we take on personalization on the marketplace side. Right. It's no great to be able to see something that you can't get. Um, exactly. Okay. So with this, with this fierce focus on personalization, on, on the consumer experience, um, I'm going to imagine you have quite a firm understanding of consumers and, and your target consumers and, and your new consumers. I'd like to talk a little bit about Gen Z. You know, I'd love to learn from you how this generation differs from other DIA consumers. What, what have you learned about them and, you know, how do you, how do you uh, market to them or... Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, an area of constant learning um, always. But I think that actually the the thing that we've seen um, to be most distinct about younger consumers is how they, where their purchase process starts, how they are influenced and where they learn about products. Um, And, you know, I think that a lot of the, marketing channels of the last 10 years um, really aren't working as well for these consumers because they're not looking to, you know, be told by a brand what to purchase um, or even by, you know, quote unquote experts like the press or editors or, um, you know, celebrities. They're really looking for much more authentic um, recommendations and, You know, for us, we find that that works best on TikTok and TikTok, um, our TikTok strategy really being focused on empowering authentic members of our community to share what they like and what they don't like about Dia and how they're making recommendations rather than trying to lean on, you know, perceived experts in the category has probably been the most tactical um, learning that we've made in terms of what success is. But you know, I think once they're on the site, being able to find what they want and a lot of that shopping experience starts to look much more similar. Um, and it's really about where where the purchase funnel starts for them um, and how they're influenced that I've found to be probably the most distinct. Um, you've already provided some, but I'm curious, what advice would you have for brands and retailers that want to be more inclusive? Not just say that they want to be more inclusive, but that actually do want to be more inclusive. We have lots of advice to retailers and brands who want to be more inclusive and are always happy to speak to all of them. Um, Look, I think that the reality is that it's really hard. And we see examples all the time of brands, large and small. I mean, Old Navy Navy has been in the news in the last couple of weeks um, for, you know, their announcement to pull back on on their inclusive um, initiatives. And, you know, I think that that all happens for understandable reasons. I think it's very, very hard to um, go from zero to 100 um, with a new customer, with distinct needs, with a need to build brand awareness um, and, you know, many, many other additional costs that, that go into launching a new, um, a new vertical. And our single most important piece of advice for brands looking to be more inclusive is to take it one step at a time. Really focus on getting the product and the fit right. Find partners who can help you build awareness, um, 
and build out a community of women who are excited to shop your brand. We do this with brands all the time. It's the premise of our marketplace is to really be able to help brands um, do this in a way that um, allows them to focus on the parts that they're very good at, which is having a unique design and fashion perspective, the integrity of the fit and construction, um, and really working, you know, in partnership on the marketing demand generation, brand awareness and distribution pieces of it, um, is the best playbook that we have found. Um, we say all the time that plus is a team sport and we really believe it. We work with great brands from, you know, cult favorite direct to consumer brands like third love and girlfriend collective and MM Lafleur all the way through to, you know, the Madewells of the world and time and again, what we find is that it works best um, when <clears throat> each one, you know, each each party can specialize um, and not try to do everything all at once. Um, okay, so I have one more question. Uh, getting close to the end of time, I do have one more question. And you, you've talked about partnerships. You just you have some big news, um, some recent big news. You just made a significant acquisition with Eleven Honoré. So what was the motivation behind this? You know, how do you expect it to, to fit within the company and what are the benefits you're expecting? Yeah. So it is a very exciting uh, milestone for us. Um, the team at 11 on Ray built really an extraordinary business um, and, you know, probably most notable at all built a stable of uh, luxury brands um, that really is unparalleled in the plus size world. I think when we think about really driving selection and valuable supply on our marketplace, um, brands are really the key denominator of that. We want to be able to have every brand that she wants um, on the platform, unlike other marketplaces. So, you know, marketplaces that are that are larger than Dia today, um, like Walmart and Amazon and um, I suppose like Fashion Nova and Shein aren't quite marketplaces, but just businesses that really, um, you know, grow on supply. What is differentiated about us is a firm belief that our customer wants brands. She wants to be able to participate in brands. She loves brands. She wants to be able to access them easily. And a huge part of our work on the marketplace side is really making sure that we are building the most valuable supply for her possible. Um, and 11 Honoré made it possible for us to truly have contiguous supply from, you know, once we're fully integrated from Madewell on one end of the spectrum, all the way to Carolina Herrera on the other end of the spectrum. And that is a remarkable customer experience. That is, you know, speaking as a plus size consumer and as an operator, like that is the the selection of dreams. Um, and, you know, it, it really kind of, extends what we're able to provide customers in, in a really valuable way. And, and we're really thrilled to, to be able to build that together with that team. And it's really exciting. Have you had any feedback from consumers yet? I mean, I, I don't know it's been in the business media, but I'm not sure. Have, have you heard anything from, from the consumers yet? We have heard overwhelming excitement, um, I think, from, from everyone involved. I think, you know, at the end of the day, what all shoppers want, but what plus size, shop, plus size shoppers have had the least of is true style freedom. Being able to say, I want to buy something that looks like this and being able to execute on that idea. And what we can do better than anybody else for this consumer is make all of those things possible for her. 
make it possible for her to shop the brands that she wants, makes it possible, make it possible for her to shop the styles that she wants and let her do that in a context and within a shopping experience that's uniquely suited for her. Um, and so, you know, I think that be, being that much closer to that goal um, through this acquisition, I think has really uh, resonated across the board. Great. Well, great words to leave us with. Uh, Nadia, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and join and, and share all this insight into Dia and, and all the details. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit consumergoods.com and rsnews.com to sign up for our newsletters.